0: Hi, my name is Deb Freeman. I've had multiple out-of-body experiences, but I'm going to share two with you. How about if I start with my first near-death experience? I was eight years old, approximately I was almost eight years old. I was I had gone to swim lessons and then back then we used to ride our bike and it was in the 70s so nobody really worried or paid attention. and the, very often you just ride down to the to the town rec center. So I uh, after swim lessons, you get to swim. So I was swimming and I didn't have a parent there with me. The lifeguards were there and the camp counselors for other camps. So as I was jumping off a, it was approximately, I'd say 12 inches thick. It was a foam flotation dock with that green, slippery, fake artificial turf. And then it was framed in wood. So I jumped off and all of a sudden I was under it and I thought, okay, this isn't good. This really isn't good. So I was underwater and I had always known very early on that I was never alone. So probably about since age four, I had always sensed a presence with me. So when I was under the dock, all I remember is the brown murky water and I didn't panic, but I thought this isn't good. All of a sudden, I then then I became very calm, very still. I felt a warmth around me. I had no burning. I had no choking, I was not coughing, I wasn't panicking, but I was underwater and it became very dark. And then as I turned, because the water was dark, it was a man-made, so it had mud on the bottom. So as I turned, I saw light. I can't tell you if it was a reflection from the, the sun on the water or if it was a light. The water was so cold that morning. I felt immense warmth around me. And sort of like a warm hug. And then all of a sudden, I would say, I don't even know how long I was under. I was moved under the water because I couldn't get out. I I mean, I tried and I just didn't panic. And so I was moved probably, I would say 15 feet. And I was on the side of the dock. And all of a sudden, I heard everybody like laughing and the lifeguard blowing whistles and people jumping in. And that warmth went away went away from me. That's the only thing I can put. So for me, that was the first. My second, I was riding um, I was riding my sister's horse, who was almost 17 hands, and we had kept him at a barn down the way. And the man that owned the barn was not the nicest of person. So the horse didn't like, I was 13 years old for this one. And, and so the horse didn't like uh, males. I I think like we'd have to get a female farrier so they could put the, the shoes on and the female vet. And he was abused earlier in life. So when the man came up and the horse kept curling under and trying to drop the bit and drop the bit, he came up behind him and he smacked him on the behind the horse reared up, fell over backwards. I had a Western saddle on, on top of me. I landed completely on ledge, but as I landed, I felt the same warmth around me and I was removed. moved. It was, um, I could still envision the horse four legs and on top of me, I should have been dead. I, very simply, both occurrences, I should have died. I should have drowned and this, I really should have died. I had no mark on me whatsoever and I felt that security and the warmth around me. I did have a mark and um, a bruised pancreas from the saddle horn but not a scratch on me. And for those two experiences, for a young girl, 8 and 13, it, it it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I've had two out-of-body experiences that I'll share. The first being, um, let me get this in order right. When I had surgery on my wrist, I, you know, they put, it was day surgery. So they put me, um, they gave me an IV. They said, okay, um, Mrs. Freeman, we're going to put you to sleep now. You're going to relax. And so they strapped one arm down because they were doing surgery. I had ganglion cyst on my wrist. So they had put um, an IV in and they thought I was asleep. So I was asleep. I was under. And all of a sudden, I felt them shaving my left wrist. And I I sat straight up. And then I remember going above myself. Looking at them, you know, putting putting um, my head back down. I must have sat up, and I was watching them. And I said out loud, "Right wrist." And so as I watched them, and then I saw them put my arm down and take my other my other wrist, and then they went to shave where they were supposed to do the surgery. And I was above myself. And then as I went back down, it was like blinking to sleep. Is all I can remember. It. I, one minute, I was up there. And I could see myself saying right wrist. And then I was asleep. Um, when I woke up, it was really funny. The nurse said to me, oh, do you remember a dream? And I said, a dream? I said, you were shaving the wrong wrist. I said, I said, right wrist. She said, oh, you remember your dream? And I'm thinking, it wasn't a dream. I watched you. So that was that was one of my out-of-body experiences. My next out-of-body experience was... Um, I was giving birth to twins and you know they take you into the operating room but they didn't have time I went into labor quickly my husband was behind me so he had his arms sort of as if he was behind me holding me so my elbows area but he he was holding me by my back on both sides and my elbows and he was holding the back of me and I was in excruciating pain and I remember releasing and going above myself I can still envision it now I could see the top of my knees I could see the doctor and I could see my husband and he was crying because I was in excruciating pain and I could feel this is amazing I was up above watching and I could feel him tearing on me like crying it was hitting my face and he was telling me he loved me and he was telling me it'd be over with soon and and I just remember him saying, I'm so proud of you. And the tears, his tears hitting my face. And then as the first baby was born, um, I came back. Like it's, I went back to my body. Another time I was doing um, deep trance meditation. I'll give you one more out of about experience. I was doing deep trance meditation and I, and I was at uh, a center. And so we're all on our mats and we're, you know, going into med- like. Real deep meditation. And this girl came over and she asked, I, I, she came over to me, but she didn't come over to me. She was on her mat and she tapped my shoulder. And I went over to the other side of the room and I went above her and I just looked at her. And I was like, why are you tapping me? But I didn't say anything to her. And I saw that she had a pink belt on and she pulled her white sweater over it. So I went back. So after when they, when we, um, everybody was finished and we were coming, you know, back to our centering to ourselves, I remember the instructor saying, so did anybody experience anything? And I said, yeah, she tapped me. And so she said, the, the director said, or the center said, who tapped you? I said, the girl that has the pink belt underneath her white sweater. And it was so funny because she laughed and she, she just kind of like looked at me. She goes, yeah, I was up above. I said, that's amazing. And so that that's pretty cool. The next, um, I've so many. I'm an evidential psychic medium. so and I believe in spirit. I believe energy is spirit and it's continual. and And everything um, when you center in and understand your own energy, that's connecting to others and you'll be able to sense someone else. So for me, I have a spirit team, and so that was who was with me when I was very young. When I was about four, and there was always, he was, he presented as a male presence and comforting. I know he was the one that helped me both times with the near-death experiences. And there's been more as I've identified with them. Um, But they helped me in readings. They helped me, they helped me throughout life. They helped me with intuition. Um, Let's see what else. Another remote viewing, but I didn't understand the remote viewing. Back then I went to have dental surgery. This was thirty years ago. I'm in my late fifties. And I was so nervous about it. And I just blurted out to my husband the morning before. I said, What if what if the dentist dies? He said, What are you saying that for? That's crazy. Don't say that. I said, I don't know. I have no idea. There weren't cell phones then. Monday morning I get the phone call. Dr. Mark's office will not be able to do the procedure. There's been an emergency you need, you know, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go back to your dentist and schedule with another oral surgeon. I then found out that that Sunday, this sounds a little floopy, but I, I didn't see this at all. I found out that Sunday that actually Dr. Mark from Summers, Connecticut was putting in his own fencing. And the man so sadly had a horrific death where he had had an accident with the pull logger. So it's, it's not that I know where I can predict. But it's that, um, well, I guess it is a knowing if you look at it that way. I didn't understand it then. Now I, now I understand it and I respect it um, in a sense that I, I'm aware of what's around me. I'm aware of who guides me. And I'm aware of that energy takes all forms. And the last thing I want to share was, was when I started to understand the mediumship end of this. Um, and the doors just flew open with tragedy and sorrow and loss for me. So it just, so it's like spirit stepped up energy, eternal energy stepped up to, to assist me. And we all have that. Um, it's becoming aware of it. I think is, is the, is the transition for some of us that are now later in life, understanding how we can help others. So I joined an online reading group by referral and I didn't understand that she was also affiliated with the Arthur Finley college in England um, that she also was uh, situated in Europe, the administrator of this. So when you join those, you do free readings and uh, after a while it's online. And so it's all energy. So that's what I'm getting at. You don't have to sit in front of somebody. You don't have to, um, you have to have permission. You have to have ethics, but you don't have to, you, you, it's, it's energy. So for us to humanly think that we control everything is kind of bonkers. So, so when, um, I was doing these readings, they were paying attention to me, meaning the administrators. So one administrator asked privately, I assume it's a couple hundred or a hundred or 200. I really truthfully don't know. I never asked asked. she sent a me a message out and said, could you meditate a friend of ours? Daughter, teenage daughter is missing in Europe. I've never been out of the United States. I meditated. I didn't get anything. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't get anything. The next time I meditated, I kind of didn't get anything. And then a, shortly later I hear tap, tap, tap. And I and I started to see, I started to see where the girl was. I could see who she was with. I could see what she was doing. There was a park next to there. And it was really located near the church where she was found alive. And I was the only one who had her alive and I had the correct name and they were able to locate her and I was thanked. Um, by that family, personally. And for me, I was so grateful, because I have children, you know, and then I thought, then I heard later, I thought, okay, that was wonderful. I don't know if I want to do this kind of work, because that's really a lot. And so, so all of a sudden, I heard that's not the lesson. And I thought to myself, okay, well, why are you telling me it's not the lesson? And this is my spirit team. And that was for me to understand psychic live energy. So there's, there's so many wonderful facets to this and there's so many great things that we can all learn from one another. And just to step back and take a minute and understand that energy is eternal and continual and it changes, but it never goes away. And so that when we start to understand near-death experience, out-of-body experience, deep trance meditation, mediumship, it's really, really important to step back. And even if we don't understand it, just just listen and remember that energy is eternal and it's never ending. And we're all part of the same plan.